either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry. You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, it's a big week for the movies. Big week for the movie theaters and also a big week for streaming for a very good reason <laughs> that we will get to. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we're from MadWolf.com. Where else are we going to start but with Ethan Hunt and his IMF team tracking down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Truth is vanishing. War is coming. Listen to me. The world's coming after you. His fate is written. Shall we write yours, too? If anything happens to them, there's no place that I won't go to kill you. That is written. Ethan, what's your objective? What's your ultimate objective? Your life will always matter more to me than my own. None of our lives can matter more than this mission. I don't accept that. That is one of the greatest theme songs of all time. It's still a great theme song. It It really is. Fantastic theme song. And this movie is just, well, the word we've been using in talking about this is it's bananas. (laughs) It's just bananas. Banana Uh, pants, even. (laughs) It's banana pants (laughs) for the stunts. But, you know, the story's good, too, and and we'll get to that. First of all, it is part one. I know this morning when we were on our TV gig and the host didn't realize this is just a part one. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's two hours and 43 minutes worth of a part one. But it does not drag at all. No, it doesn't. You, You don't have time to get bored. Because I'm sure by now everybody knows the lengths that Tom Cruise goes for stunts in this series. And they just keep amping it up. Really, you look over this entire series, and I think this is, what, the seventh seventh, seventh film? Seventh. It, they've always done great stunts. Yes. But they just keep going bigger yeah. and faster yeah. and louder. And I think the movies get better, too. I mean, the last one, Fallout, was very good. I thought very Fallout. Good. I thought Fallout was the best in the entire series, and, and I, I, I agree. And this one, I would put uh, close to that level. Yeah, I, I do too. It's uh, it's Cruz back with his seems to be his director of choice now, Christopher McQuarrie, and uh, they're doing a lot of a lot of good work, and they lean on a lot of great stunt people. As the but but the writing is good too, and let's give credit to McQuarrie, who also co-writes with Eric. Uh, Jenderson or Yendrison, and of course Bruce Geller, who came up with these original characters, gets a, a writing credit as well. But it all—it's very timely, very you know ripped from the headlines because the what they're trying to track down is basically two halves. We have these two halves again. We've yeah. seen that a lot. Yeah, getting two halves of something valuable or two halves of a of a in the Indiana Jones case of an mm-hmm. artifact. Here it's two halves of a key. And we're not quite sure what the key opens, but it it has something to do with what they call an entity and algorithms and AI. And, of course, that's very, very timely. And so it's fascinating how they work into the the IMF team working against a quote-unquote enemy that 
knows what they're going to do based on algorithms. And, of course, that ties into our society right now. Exactly. Your algorithm knows the kind of ads you want to see, knows what you're going to do. Our car knows our new car now. When we get in the car, your watch usually tells you 15 minutes to wherever. Burns Pub. Somewhere that we go (laughs) a lot. My watch tells me often that we go to Burns Pub more often than we should. Shut up, watch. Mind your business. But the po- <laughs> but the point is, it is. It feels very in the moment, very in the moment, and it's smart. But the stunts, banana pants. But they really are, and it's true. I mean that you know, in in a film like this, you don't want to just disregard the plot. But very often in an action movie, which of course is what this is, the plot doesn't. And and it is kind of a side point, but it's it's well constructed. It's a good plot. And one of the things I like about it is that then the stunts tend to be so um, analog, right? I mean, they're very old school uh, because the, you know, what you're fighting, of course, is technology. And so you've got some, like, you've got the masks, of course. You've got this, oh, the masks. The craziest, most brilliant runaway train. Oh, my God. You know, you see some of it in the trailer. That's not even... That it goes on for so long with this train, and oh, they so just great. keep amping it up, and it's I love so it. It's so good. I it's love so it. good. Yeah, I mean, you know, and there's you see, of course, the big uh, a lot of the big um, motorcycle bit. Yeah, and in that's the very cool. Very and cool. It is very cool. But yeah, the the train oh, shot up. It, it it really is. It's an amazing piece of work with the choreography and the the uh, direction and the cinematography. That extended sequence on the train is just amazing. And and let's give a shout out. To the cast as well, yeah. led by Cruz, not only, and and this isn't new, I mean, he's not only the biggest movie star right now, he's he's one of the biggest movie stars ever. Oh, yeah, there's That's no question. That's not even a question. Yeah, I mean, whether you like him off screen or not, you know, he's he's just what he manages to to create, and yeah. part of it is is, you know, his personal to his own peril, commitment to these action sequences, you know? And he's just one of those guys, and he really has had it pretty much since day one. Just the charisma. The charisma on screen, he's got it. That's something you really can't teach. You have that or you don't. Mm -hmm. And he's got it in spades. Mm-hmm. And, of course, now, after pretty much you know saving the, the whole industry with Top Gun, right. um, he's he's not slowing down. and he's So he's incredible just because he's attached to this project. But then you've got the, the usual suspects. Ving Rhames is back and Simon Pegg. Also great to see Rebecca Ferguson back, who's great. I just learned the most adorable uh, fact about this character. So Ilsa, her character, right. she, she wears an eye patch when she shoots. And, and I always I mean, you know, you look badass in an eye patch, right? Uh, but the reason that she does is because Rebecca Ferguson can't wink. She can't <laughs> close one eye and leave the other one open. So yeah. the only way for her to play this part was to Give cover eye up patch. one eye, All which right. I love. I love it. <laughs> and Vanessa Kirby is back, who's great. Also, Palm Clementif, who we usually know from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. And she's a badass. She is a badass. This. And yeah. from what I can tell from early uh, early Twitter and uh, another social media. She's the hottie in this one. People are like, really I did not Haley Atwell. Uh, the the response is, did I know I had a thing for mimes? Because she had <laughs> she wears like yeah. a big sort of like a big sw- swipe of white face mm-hmm. during the film, and she she doesn't have a lot of lines. She doesn't talk much. Right. She's mainly just right. physical presence, and so I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, Haley Atwell joins the party as does well, and Shea Wiggum, poor Shea Wiggum. <laughs> poor Shea Wiggum. <laughs> he's trying to catch Ethan Hunt, and uh, he's he has a tough time doing it. And also, let me just give some love to Henry Searney. Yeah, who has since the first 
movie has played basically Ethan's boss, who gives him the assignment. That's the voice you hear on the tape. Mm -hmm. He's good. He is good. He's good in every part. And he just has that look, and he's got a really cool, like, oily voice, yeah. especially for this part. Oh, yeah. So I'd love to see him. And back as a, as the, the villain, well, not not the, the entity villain, but the guy who we're not quite sure yet how he fits into this, but he's got a past with Ethan, and that's Esai Morales. He's great in this. He's great. He is great. He's, uh, it's like a, like a low-key zealot, yeah. you know, and you, it's like a loose cannon, but yeah. not a very underplayed. He was great. And it's a great role for him, too, it because is. he has bounced around. I remember him back, I think the first time I remember seeing him was opposite Sean Penn in Bad Boys back oh, in the prison back yeah. in the day. And then he's just always popped up things oh, yeah, here he, and there. Yeah. This is a great role for him. It really is. Great role for him. And he's he's really- Very commanding. Very commanding, mm-hmm. yeah. So it sets up a, a, a great uh, you know, mano a mano thing with, uh, with Ethan Hunt because, yeah, they do have a pass. So it's a good story. It's an engaging story. It moves along. Don't let the, the runtime worry you. No. These stunts, man. And see it on the big screen. Do it's it. made for the big screen. Oh, I yes. mean the biggest screen you can find. <laughs> and just and just let it sink it in. Because this right here, we're in the middle of July, summertime, this is it. This is you you want a an action, what they call it, you know, a popcorn type of movie, and it delivers on the story as well. So enjoy it. Just enjoy it. And I think it's gonna make a couple of bucks because of course we have two big ones coming next That's week right. too. But uh, boy, this is this is a real summertime fireworks after the Fourth of July. We call it banana pants. It is <laughs> Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Go see it. And now let's go to streaming for a <laughs> comedy horror tale of a teen out to prove herself to her dad, stumbling into the world's most terrifying obstacle course. This is called Obstacle Corpse. The course will be good for you. You can prove your worth. It's an obstacle course, Dad, not the apocalypse. We need to know that you can contribute to this family. The toughest, bloodiest, most dangerous 12 miles on the planet at the guts and glory race of death. You maybe won't even be that bad. Nobody calls something a race of death if it isn't that bad. Well, we signed that waiver, but I doubt they actually want us to die. No! 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 You have to help me. My friend was chased into the woods by some maniac. So another athlete's trying to kill your partner. That's the whole point? They just brought us here to kill us? It's time to burn this to the ground. I want everyone dead. I hope they have monkey bars. I'm so good at monkey bars. And yes, this is our movie, and we are so excited and proud to say that as of now, it is streaming on Amazon. That's right. Go to Amazon Prime, and uh, and, and actually, to be completely candid, the first week that uh, a film is on Amazon Prime, like its numbers determine where the film kind of sits on the platform and how many people get a chance to even know that it exists for the whole rest of the year. So if you're interested and might watch it this week... We would be so happy. In about case that. you didn't know any of the backstory, this is our first feature film. Hope wrote the script and directed it. I co-produced it with Hope and another friend of ours, Jason Tostevin, who has experience. He he was the experienced one yes, in this trio, he was. and he and he helped us a lot. Uh, before this feature, we had done three short films, mm-hmm. and then and then dove into this, filmed it last May. So so fourteen months. From day one shooting to debuting on Amazon. Yep. 
and a lot of hard work by so many talented people. We had a, a tremendous cast and crew, just tremendous. Oh, amazing. Filmed here uh, in and around Columbus at the Metro Parks. They were great to us, and we've just had so much support. This really feels like it's really hard to believe that it's here now. I mean, we've known, and we may have talked about this on the podcast before, that we had gotten distributing through mm-hmm. Glass House. Mm-hmm. But still been waiting for this day. I know. You know, waiting for this weekend. And now it's here. And we've got a lot of people already that have seen it, and we're reaching out, and we just can't thank you enough. So so please do. Uh, horror comedy, if it were to be in theaters, it would be rated R. Let's be honest. Oh, yes. There's a lot of silly, fun blood splatter yeah. and a lot of F-bombs. A lot of F-bombs. But you know what? If if, if you know us, you probably know that's that's where we live. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> But it's fun, and it's 85 minutes, and you're in and you're out, and it gets up and boogies, and when this race takes off, I mean, there's a lot of action. It doesn't slow down for much. So please, check it out, and and I hope you like it, and please leave a review, and it's up now on Amazon. Again, it's Obstacle Corpse. It'll give you a little little glimpse of what you can expect, and um, I actually have a small part in it. It, when, When we started shooting, I wasn't expecting to, but, you know, things happen on an independent film set. And our other producer, Jason, had to take a role as yeah, well. Yeah, we had, uh, you know, we had a couple of, of, I mean, we had, we shot in 12 days. Right. We, Couldn't stop. It, nope. There was no extending that. No. Uh, and uh, we also had to shoot all during the daytime because the film takes place during the daytime. So it's not like we could, like, go after hours and shoot something in the evening. So we had a couple of of uh, actors who were unable to get to us on time and and uh, <laughs> poor George and Jason had to step in and they're great you, well, you're great George I know Jason gets, is George gets the best kill it's a good kill and uh, Jason God love him Jason had to memorize a fully five minute monologue yeah. and he just nails it and he he's nails also it. he's got a big uh, emotional arc I think in the yeah. film and he does a great oh, job Jason great was just job. great everybody uh, cast Jason Tostevin in your movie and as it turned out I I am glad that I ended up in that I'm role. I'm glad you are, too. Because it's short. I didn't have to do a whole lot, but the kill that I'm involved in is really impressive. And Shout out to David uh, Greathouse, who did our effects. Oh, my God. Yeah, the blood effects are, uh, if I if I can say so myself, pretty pretty exciting They're in good. this movie. But yeah. he's, he's D- David Greathouse is such a pro. He's yeah. such a veteran of the industry. Such he's worked with everybody. He was so, and he's just a lovely man to work with. Yeah, yeah and as, as everybody, the entire cast and crew. Oh, yeah. So, I so mean, thank you. Let's, uh, you know, Sylvie Mix and, and Alan Tyson are the lead. But uh, our son, Donovan Riley Wolfington, has probably the most fun part. And he also did a ton of the music. Yep. And um, uh, Gareth Tidball. Gareth Tidball and, and Brian Spangler. Just, Tony White. Uh, and uh, Yeah. yeah. Well, 41 people. <laughs> it's a lot of people, but they were so great. They were so great. Cat McAlpine. And yep. Just uh, so so many people, I, and and the 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 crew. Uh, mm-hmm. Brooklyn Ewing was our DP. She was just magical. She was so amazing. Great. Sydney on the camera. I yeah, mean, we could go on Gracie and on and on. Gracie and yeah, it's so great. So it was please, amazing. we would just love it if you checked it out. It's Obstacle Corpse. It's on streaming now. Uh, hope you enjoy it. And please, and leave a review and just thank you in advance. Yes. <laughs> And let's go back to theaters for a documentary. It exposes a history of racism in hockey through the untold stories of black hockey players, both past and present, in a predominantly white sport. It's called Black Ice. Hockey was a big part of the way of life, but we weren't allowed to play in the white leagues. I was definitely the only person of color on both sides. Parents would say crazy things in the stands. That was an altering point, not in my hockey career, in my life. There was no one there to support me. 
hockey culture, it's time for it to change. We're taking this thing head on, but we want people to come on on side and be allies and support us. You almost believe that when you're younger, it's like, if I just put my head down and ignore it, it'll go away. It falls on all parties, and I think there's a change coming. We are holding people accountable. We call hockey our national sport. How does our national sport not reflect our culture, our people? The education is the most important thing. That's changed. We had a good place in history. That should not be ignored. It's about reclaiming some history because we actually did play. They just weren't ready for a black hockey player. There has to be a spot in the game to where people can be comfortable being themselves in their own skin. Now this one is so interesting because it's coming out almost at the exact same time as a documentary on the Negro Leagues in baseball. That movie's called The League, and it, I believe, gets a wide release next week. Yes. This one, Black Ice, about hockey. And as you might imagine, the stories, has, the stories have very similar aspects to them. And this one is told, uh, LeBron James and his uh, partner, Maverick Carter, are two of the producers here. And But it's told through mainly a Canadian lens because of course Canada embraces hockey in a way that we don't not not that we don't have fans of hockey but we not, do yeah, not, like, not Canada. like Canada I mean heck we have a, an NHL team here uh, in Columbus but uh, yeah hockey is the sport in Canada so the basically the the approach here is these these people are saying well then why can't we talk about this problem right and the the native Canadians seem to be saying it's a it's a trait of Canadians that they if they don't talk about it they don't have to deal with it and so that's what a lot of the Canadians in this film that are involved in hockey are trying trying to change. And it also, it's very informative. I would say you'd have to be a massive, massive hockey fan. And I'm a big sports fan. We both are. And I did not know the Colored Hockey League, CHL, played back in the late 1800s. 1800s. Yeah, had no idea. And a lot of those aspects go along with things that you'll see next week in the league because, case in point, that the black players in that league played a different style of the sport. And that style was caught by white sports writers. They started writing about it, and then we started seeing some of those types of play in the white league. And and, and so that's just another aspect of, you would say, appropriation and, and taking mm-hmm. taking things from another culture. But there are many, many more aspects to this very fascinating story about the the racism that these players, past and present, of course, they talked to Willie O'Ree, the first uh, black player in the NHL, and other players that didn't get that chance, and, and a great uh, archival footage and interviews with current players and, and players that have been in the minors trying to break through and just the, the horrible racism that they face. So it's, it's very effective. It's very compelling. In fact, there's one just heartbreaking segment of an, an old interview from a gentleman who was a lot like Josh Gibson of the of, of the Negro Leagues in baseball, just considered a great of the Colored Hockey League that never got a chance to be in the NHL. And he, in an old interview, was recounting a story of some racism he f- had to deal with and still broke down and cried on that day just remembering it. And it just it's just so touching and, and just rips your heart out. The director is Hubert Davis and the writer is Daryl Fosty. It's very informative, and it also ends on, on a hopeful note where a lot of these people think that they are, they are making progress. They are making progress, especially in Canada, in accepting this problem and, and dealing with it. So that's a good thing. But, of course, there's more work to be done. But uh, a big recommendation for Black Ice, that is a documentary that is in select theaters now. 
Let's go back to the theaters for a comedy. There's just one dream for the women of Baligar to taste freedom, to win a pilgrimage to the sacred French town of Lourdes. It's the Miracle Club. I don't need a cure. Not everyone goes to Lourdes for a cure. I'm out, and I'm running out of chances. Church is good at guilt. It's also good at forgiveness. Can you ever forgive me? Oh, Lily. I'm glad you came, Chrissy. You don't come to Lourdes for a miracle. You come for the strength to go on when there is no miracle. I loved you, and you left. So I hated you, but I never hated you more than I loved you. Even when you don't believe, there's always hope, isn't there? Did your wife pass away on you? She's in Lourdes. There's a miracle for her. You, shopping. Oh, hey, we got some older women on a trip. This is quite different than the book club. <laughs> Not uh, a lot of sex talk, I'm guessing. No. <laughs> Why no? They're all uh, they're all eager to get to Lords so that they can look for their own personal miracles. Mm-hmm. The first thing that jumps out at me about this film is that the cast is amazing, and then immediately after that, the cast is not Irish. So it's a very very Irish film. But you have um, Maggie Smith, brilliant English. Uh, Kathy Bates, brilliant American. Um, Laura Linney, brilliant American. And they're they're playing your Irish leads. And, you know... Um, That's because there aren't any Irish actors. Yeah. So, didn't you know? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and that, you know, that's, I mean, it, that was kind of a puzzle to me as, as to why, why that is. Although, again, I mean, they're incredibly good actors, all three of them, amazing. Um, and the, the film itself, it takes a minute, but it tackles a, a really interesting, very feminist issue, and I appreciated that. But it's, ba- it's dark. What, what they actually are covering is a lot of very dark stuff kind of buried beneath the tone of the movie, which is like uplifting and kind of comical. It doesn't fit. It just doesn't, it just doesn't fit together. The, the cast, brilliant as they are, clearly miscast. And the underlying sort of image is of these, these women who are actually quite oppressed by patriarchy and their faith, specifically their religion, pardon me. And in the end, the movie just kind of, you know, a wink and a nod and accepts, well, I guess that's their plight because they're <laughs> women and they're Catholic and they're in Ireland right now. So it's just, boy, something just didn't fit together for me mm-hmm. uh, for this movie. Yeah, we should say the director, Thaddeus O'Sullivan. So there's an Irish name for yes, you. Indeed. <laughs> that one is in theaters now called The Miracle Club. Next up is the latest from Shudder. It follows a married couple almost divorcing who become trapped in quicksand while hiking through a rainforest in Colombia. They will battle the elements of the jungle and must work together in order to survive. It's called Quicksand. Someone's going to find us. They don't have a clue where we are. We both need to be perfectly still, okay? There's something down here. What was he out here hunting? I don't think we want to know. Josh! It's right there. You have to trust me. We're gonna get out of this. No one's coming for us. You don't get to decide. 
this just I, I couldn't help but have it remind me of an old joke, and I don't know who started it, but people around our age saying, <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I thought quicksand would be a much bigger problem <laughs> because on all the shows, oh, yeah. someone finds, oh, they fell into quicksand. Yep. You'll just see like one of those safari hats <laughs> laying on top of the ground. Oh, no. Yeah. He's gone. He's been swallowed by the quicksand. But here they really do. Yeah. Although, there, you know, uh, several people in the movie point out there's no quicksand in Colombia. I don't know if there is. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, it's it's one of those movies, it's it's... The vast majority of the film is just these two people, and they're trapped, and you don't know if they're going to survive or they're not going to survive. So it's it obviously the first thing you think oh, I thought of was open water. Sure, yeah, and frozen. Then, frozen yeah. is another one. Not the cartoon. No, <laughs> no. Um, and they're you know they're and then maybe buried right. Uh, the Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds film, yeah, yeah. and 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 um, and it doesn't hold up very well compared to those films, mm-hmm. partly because when the married couple get trapped. You don't really believe it. They say they can't turn, They, but I'm like, oh, I don't know that I buy that. So the two actors, Alan Hocko and Caroline Gatton, that's who we're with for almost the whole film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's quite good, and his character gets the opportunity to be like, as you as you begin, you think, it's kind of a gaslighting son of a bitch. I don't think I like this guy, <laughs> you know? But his, his character has, has a real arc and uh, a little bit of a backstory that sort of comes to the surface. She she doesn't get that, you know, uh, she she's underwritten and the performance is kind of stiff. So it's it's hard to root for her, even though she's honestly the lead. So her arc is uh, just less well sort of carved out. And her the way the film leaves you, you're like, you don't know why they were getting divorced. It seems like maybe they didn't have any real problems. It, it's. It's just a little bit murky. So, and, and, you know, for a film like this to work, you have got to buy the tension. You just do because you don't have any place else to look. Right. And I just think it, you know, it's, it's not a long film. Uh, it's just that I, and it's not a bad one, but I just don't think that it, it has what it takes to keep your interest for a full running time. And the writer is Matt Pitts, uh, the director, Andres Beltran. Yeah, it's just about an hour, just a little under an hour and a half as well. And that one is on Shudder this week called Quicksand. A crazy one next in theaters. This is a brick maker. It's a documentary about a brick maker in Uganda becoming an internet sensation when he tries his hand at making action movies. It's called Once Upon a Time in Uganda. Wow. African Talentino. You're the George Lucas of Thank again. you. <laughs> we think he's made 47 films in 11 years. I think he's at his peak creatively. And so my job is to put kerosene on the bonfire. Things are getting, um, things are getting interesting here. I reached a point where I felt that I should leave this button struggling because that was my big dream. Now we could have been the Beatles of exploding heads, man. Still can be. With the help of my family and the Wakaliwood family, I feel like I have pressed the first brick in the foundation of the Uganda film industry. So, Wakaliwood will live forever. Rachel Willis reviewed this one for us at MadWolf.com. Loved it. It's just one of those documentaries <laughs> oh, that, yeah. that captures the giddy joy mm-hmm. of just of making movies. Oh, you yeah. know? And it's a fascinating story. Yeah, you'll be sucked in from the trailer. I was. Yeah. Uh, the writer, co-writer and director is Catherine Zubek. 
and just tells a story of this guy who just, well, he, first of all, he cranks out the movies, just <laughs> cranks them out. And they're just nuts. And they become so popular with mm-hmm. his, his guerrilla style of these of these action movies. It's a, it's a fascinating story. And it really shows how much everybody involved in an independent film gets involved, gets yeah. behind it, really <laughs> yeah. Yeah, feels yeah. the love of yeah. what they're doing. I mean, it's just, it's really a magical film. I know. It might remind you of the Dolomites. Yes. And the, and even the Eddie Murphy movie about Dolomites, yeah, yeah, where it's just yeah. like, what is going on here? <laughs> but there's such a charm about it, especially this guy. He's such a charmer. His his joy about yeah. it. Yes. And so if you're if you're involved or interested in kind of behind the scenes and the madness of, of movie making, especially as we were talking about earlier with our film, independent movie making, <laughs> this is one to check out. And, and yeah, check out Rachel's uh, full review of this at madwolf.com but it's in theaters in select theaters now a fun one called once upon a time in uganda all right time to get some knowledge let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby time to check back into the lobby daniel baldwin hanging out and monitoring the latest comings and goings and uh, well we know a big thing about the the uh, SAG going on strike, joining the strike. Is that the big news this week? That's definitely the biggest thing. Of course, it's going to pretty much shut down almost every Hollywood production, whether it's a film or a TV show, that is currently filming. And the big kicker beyond that is, since it's the actors striking and not just writers or directors, um, they can't do any promotion for any upcoming films. Right. Right. No, no new interviews, no public appearances, no showing up for premieres, no social media posts. Yeah, nothing. actually, we just found that out because there's a, a young man who's from here in Columbus who's a voice in oh. the upcoming t- Ninja Turtles movie, and he, he want, we want to do an interview, and we got him on the last day that yeah, he could have done we it. Had to, we had to squeeze it in really wow. quickly because he wanted to make sure that if the strike happened, yeah. that he could participate. So we were like, oh, God. Yeah. I'm glad you got him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a, a I guess a little known uh, factor in in all this. And man, it's uh, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to be having a lot of date shifts for you in the yeah. coming weeks, yeah. if not months. Yeah, definitely. All right. So what else is happening? All right. Well, beyond that, um, in addition to having a new star-studded neo-noir miniseries that just hit max. Uh, director Steven Soderbergh has a surprise new serialized movie hitting next week on the 17th. It's a lo-fi science fiction comedy called Command Z, and it'll be streaming for free on its production company's website. Huh. The company's called Extension 765. It's a 90-minute movie that's been segmented into eight shorts, and it stars Michael Cera, Roy Wood Jr., and Lee Schreiber. Interesting. A free movie for everybody. Okay. And then uh, A24's Medusa Deluxe will hit VOD on August 11th. And there's a new Nick Cage action comedy called The Retirement Plan coming out in theaters on August 25th. The uh, Sundance hit queer wrestling biopic Cassandra will premiere on Amazon Prime on September 22nd. And John Wick Chapter 4 will make its streaming debut on Stars on September 26th. On Stars. Yep. Another Lionsgate movie going straight to Stars. Stars gets a win. Uh, there's a horror movie take on The Grinch titled The Mean One that is hitting VOD on October 3rd. I think that had a limited theatrical run last year. Yes, I think it did, yeah. And then Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 already has a premium VOD release date, but it's not until October 10th. So 
So that's just one more reason to catch it in theaters if you can. Sure. And that's just smart. Yeah. yeah because and because you should you see it on the big screen. You absolutely should see it on the big screen. Yes. Yes, you really should. Uh, Disney has set a November 3rd Hulu premiere for their Aquafina and Sandra of starring comedy Quiz Lady. That's going to be so funny. Then, just those two names together. <laughs> they are so funny. Yeah. That should be a really good pairing. And then the last one I have for you is Toho has announced their own next Godzilla movie, Godzilla Minus One, which is set for it. Which uh, The film's set in the late 1940s, so it's kind of a big post-war disaster movie. And that'll hit theaters in Japan on November 3rd, followed by a U.S. release on December 1st. Yeah, I know a lot of Kaiju fans, like yourself, are very excited. The trailer just came out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a teaser trailer and a teaser poster. Good Looking stuff. Pretty good. Yeah, I know you're excited. All right, you can always catch up with Daniel on the socials at the Schlocketeer to get the latest news. Thanks, as always. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, we're talking about this week is a big week, and next week is a big week. It's Barbenheimer <laughs> next week. And we have to split up. We have to split up because we're here in Columbus, Ohio, and they're only having screenings in Ohio in Cleveland. So critic screening. Critic screening. It's not that far away. No. But they're at the exact same time. I know. So we got to draw straws. So and you're, it's like you're doing what? Barbie and I'm doing Heimer. Probably. And we'll get together. And then together. we'll just turn around and, and each see the other <laughs> yeah, afterwards. Yeah, exactly right. So they both come out next week. They both look great. It's sort of funny. I've run into, I don't know about you, I've run into a few people here recently that they're afraid, for some reason, they're not expecting Barbie to be that good. I guess because it's based on a toy. Well, I'm expecting it to be great. Because it's Greta Gerwig, yes. who is a genius. Yes. Oh, and, and, you know, I brought this up a couple weeks ago because when we were talking to the TV people because they were worried about it, too. Yeah. And I was like, nobody, when she, after she made Lady Bird a masterpiece, and she said her next movie is going to be Little Women, I think all of us were like, really? Uh, right. Who needs to remake Little Women? And right. then we watched it, yeah. and it's brilliant. It's oh, yeah. easily the best Little Women of all time. I it's have amazing. No, I have no doubt at all. And the thing is, if it were any other director, I would not want to see this movie. But I'm I'm all in. I'm mm -hmm. sure it's going to be great. And, of course, Oppenheimer. I exactly. cannot yeah. wait to I see I think they're both going to be great. Yeah. Also coming out next week, well, we just talked about this as well, the, the documentary about the Negro Leagues in baseball. The League is out next week. Also, Amanda, which I haven't seen yet, but looks nuts. Uh, Mother May I. And What the Waters Left Behind, Scars. Ooh, interesting there. Okay, so but that's next week. But we got some stuff to chew on this week. Mission Impossible, a little thing called Obstacle Corpse. It's truly, I'm not kidding around. If if you do see it and, and reach out about your thoughts, we would love it. Oh, we just would so much. Of course, we'd love it if you write a review, but just reach out as well and, and, and tell us about it. Tell us what you think. We would... We would love that. You can always get us uh, easily on Twitter, at Mad Wolf, also on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at Mad Wolf Columbus. And, by the way, the film has its own Facebook page. It does, which is Obstacle Corpse Film. Yeah, so reach out. Please see the movie. Hopefully you enjoy it and uh, enjoy all the movies as well. We'll talk about other movies, too. Uh, the banana pantsedness of... <laughs> Of Mission Impossible, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, coin, we gotta trademark that phrase. <laughs> Tom Cruise, uh, and we'll talk next week. But uh, have a great week. Until then, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, and this is the Screening Room Podcast. Hashtag Run for Your Life. Ooh, I like it. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. <laughs>